gods of the theater smile on us you who sit up there stern in judgment smile on us you who look down on actors and who doesn't bless this yearly festival and smile on us we offer you Hello there, theater people, and welcome to episode 35 of Thespis in the Green Room. It's Bruce and Melanie here. Hey, Bruce. Hello. We're doing this remote thing again. I like it, kind of. I mean, I like being together, but this certainly does um, work sometimes when we need to do it, you know? It's not bad. Yeah, it's, it's it's a decent alternative. I'll take it. I'll take it. We did both see the same show recently. Yes, we did. Not together, but we did see Hello, Dolly there at the Peace Center, the Broadway touring production. Yes, with Betty Buckley. Betty Buckley, theater royalty. So I'm I'm impressed with Betty Buckley and her stamina and her, her energy. Yeah, incredible energy and uh, a really nice take on the, the leading character of Dolly Levi there. I mean, she she really embraces it. She does. And I have to say, from a production standpoint, I have to go on about the costumes because they were just brilliant. I mean, they were gorgeous, really detailed. Yeah, I mean, this is your, yeah, this was your classic musical that had it all, you know, the yes. big set and the, the wonderful, colorful costumes that were so period perfect. And, you know, I mean, can you imagine getting dressed in all that every night? Oh, my gosh. And several costume changes. Mm-hmm. For sure. Right. And n- not simple. I mean, multiple layers and accessories and hats and bustles and yep. parasols and, you know, yeah. just all of it. It's just so yeah. much. Yeah. So and incredible dancing, amazing. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm just exa- I'm exhausted just looking at these dancers. <laughs> like, oh my god. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was a big traditional Broadway show. Yeah. Yeah. Really neat to see. I have some fond memories of being in a couple of productions of that uh, of that show of of Hello Dolly as well as Matchmaker, which Hello Dolly is derived from. It's the you know the, mm-hmm. the original the play, Wilder play. Wilder, yeah, and it really is exactly what it is with just music put on it. You know what I mean with Hello Dolly? It's just right. uh, it just translates exactly the same way over. They just kind of decided where to put the music. Um, so yeah, great show, great show. Yeah, a classic for sure, and quite different from Come From Away. Right. Yeah. And it's going to be quite different from Dear Evan Hansen, which is next. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's what I love about the Broadway series at the Peace Center is it's such a variety of A-class, top shelf, right from Broadway, you know? Mm -hmm. It's brilliant. So I'm looking forward to what's coming up next. There is a lot to talk about today, Mm -hmm. including a show that is coming up this weekend locally called Fun Home. That's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, fun home. Yeah. We're going to talk with Dr. Kate Roark, who's the director of the show. We're going to have a little conversation with her. But I should mention that Fun Home is a Tony Award winner. And Tony, of course, is the big award that theater shows, Broadway shows get. It's our version of the Oscars of the Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Right. Fun Home won the Tony Award in 2015, which is the year it debuted on Broadway. And this year's Tonys are coming up soon. That's right. This weekend, actually. It's interesting how this show, Fun Home, I mean, it just won the Tonys in, you know, not that long ago, four years ago. And it's already been released for um, theaters to do locally. You know, your, your smaller professional theaters or college productions. It's kind of interesting. Right. 
secondary production rights is what they're called. Yeah. And they release those rights to local theaters to do it. Yeah. Because sometimes you don't see new shows released for years and years. So it's kind of. Sometimes it takes a while, especially if they're still running on Broadway or if they have a national tour that's out. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes if they're making a film version. Right. Sure, sure, sure. But this this did go on tour. This came through the Peace Center, I thought. It did. It came through a couple years ago. Um, I think only two seasons ago. No, it's actually, actually, it was the beginning of last year. All right. Okay. I mean, not just not 2018, but 2017 um, season. And yeah, it came through the Peace Center. It was a, a really a beautiful production. I, I kind of described it as a tragically beautiful story because there's some tragedy in it. No spoilers. So. Right. <laughs> but um, but just really, really well done. And, and I think so many different elements to it that, that you can identify with. Of course, your life isn't going to be the the life of the leading character here but so many different elements that i think everybody a lot of people experience somewhere in their life with family relationships the dynamics within families and acceptance within families and sometimes abusive situations within families you know all these things that that a lot of people experience maybe so there's a lot that people can identify with even if it's not this exact story of course so it, it, it touches you it's one of those things that touches you and um and there's some wonderful comical moments in it as well so yeah it's, it's a it's it's quite a quite a story yeah I, I have not seen the show ever i was not in town when it it was coming through the peace center and i didn't get to see it in new york or any place else so i'm really looking forward to seeing the version that proud mary theater company will present to us so let me tell you a little bit about kate who's the director of the show who i interviewed and i'll share that with you in just a moment but i got a little bio here Dr. Kate Roark earned her B.A. in Theater Arts from Swanee, the University of the South in Swanee, Tennessee. And then she went on to earn her M.A. and her Ph.D. in Theater History at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. She taught theater at Blackburn College in Illinois, University of Houston downtown, and Illinois Wesleyan University. Since her arrival in Spartanburg in 2016, Kate has taught at Converse College, Wofford College, and will be a full-time professor of theater at Spartanburg Methodist College starting this fall. She's been teaching there part-time, but she will be going full-time this fall. Her academic writings have been published in Theater Survey, Theater History Studies, and New England Theater Journal. Over the years, Kate has served in several capacities for the Mid-America Theater Conference and served on multiple boards and committees and panels at various conferences and academic institutions. She has directed productions from a variety of genres, including Shakespeare, new works, and large-scale musicals. Last season, Kate directed Five Lesbians Eating a Quiche for Proud Mary Theater Company. Wow. That's Kate. Very busy. Yeah, quite a bio. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, let's hear what she has to say about Fun Home. Let's.
Welcome to the green room. Thank you, Melanie. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, we're thrilled to have you. So th- you've got so much going on right now. Uh, so we've got <laughs> a lot to talk about today, including Fun Home with Proud Mary Theatre Company. But before we get into all that, tell us a little bit about you. Where are you from and, and what brought you to Spartanburg? Sure. I am from the center of the universe, my dad called it, uh, <laughs> Champaign-Urbana, CU. It is sort of in the center of the country, Midwest college town. And we came to Spartanburg, my family and I, because my husband got a job at the Spartanburg Day School. And he said, this is my dream job. And I said, okay, well, I'm not doing my dream job at the moment. So let's, uh, let's do you for a while. And I'm so glad we did because I've found a great community of people here at the various colleges. I've made a lot of really great contacts. And now I'm employed full time starting in the fall at Spartanburg Methodist College. Whoop, whoop, yay! And it's been it's been really good for every one of us. I, we really like Spartanburg. Oh, fantastic. Well, we are so lucky to have you. Your background's incredible. Thank you. I think we kind of underuse our, we have some really cool theater academics in town, but I don't think they're quite used enough. So I'm super, super excited that you're here and that you're also getting out in the community and and engaging with different community organizations and and bringing all your wonderful knowledge to our community. So thank you. Well, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, take us back to the beginning. How did you first get involved with theater? And do you remember your first show? Yeah, um, I think I do. The first one I remember. Okay, so the first thing I remember was I was obsessed with The Wizard of Oz as a kid. I loved the movie and it was probably the second or, you know, it used to come on every year. Right. And right. Yeah, it did. I remember at some point realizing that, and it wasn't the first time I'd seen it. It was like a couple times later. And I was like, wait a minute, there's double casting going on here. You know, those <laughs> guys at the farm are in Oz, but different. And uh, I just loved, loved, loved it. It was the first chapter book I read. So I remember kind of memorizing the movie. And I remember on the playground organizing my friends and I think it was first or second grade. We were, I was like, no, you're going to be the scarecrow and you're going to be the tin man and I'll be Dorothy. And I'll also tell you everything you're going to say and do. And, um, (laughs) uh, sort of organizing these little rehearsals during recess. Um, but that wasn't a real show, I guess, um, that, that never really had a performance other than rehearsals at recess for people I could sucker into doing it. But in the middle school, we did a musical and I remember I was cast as a boy because I was tall and, you know, not enough middle school boys tried out and, uh, but it was fun. It was fun. I, I had to play not only a boy, but like the most, the kind of the villain boy who is sort of a womanizer jerk and I had to sing a song called That's How I Make Them Mine. And uh, sort of, I remember being very embarrassed because I was in eighth grade and I was like, oh my God, a boy. Oh, But uh, <laughs> now, of course, I think, you know, cross-gender casting is really awesome. But at the time I felt very self-conscious. But And I, and even though that was sort of a, an odd experience, I still went on and did a bunch of theater in high school and then wound up majoring in theater in college and on and on. So I guess those are my early early experiences. Okay, well, that's okay. I love the Wizard of Oz in the playground. I mean, that's that that kind of make-believe stuff, I think, is is at the core of theater practice. I mean, that's where it begins. Yeah. So. <laughs> that makes complete sense. <laughs> 
And you have a very, you have an anchor in academia and higher education. What made you want to study theater and, and then go on through all the rankings and get the PhD and then go on to teach at the college level? You know, it's funny. So I, my freshman year of college, I, I remember I went to Sewanee, University of the South. I remember when I visited there, I was told that I would probably get to direct my senior year. And I was like, ooh, I like that. And so at the end of my freshman year, I remember I was kind of between, well, do I want to be an English major or a philosophy major or a theater major? And then I think I just decided that theater covers all the bases. And I learned that Steve Martin had been a philosophy major and dropped out. I was like, oh, so I don't have to keep going with philosophy. I can still take a couple more classes, but this just makes me just sort of like Steve Martin. We're sort of the same. Um, so, uh, <laughs> uh, and I can still pursue theater. Yeah. So then my husband and I moved to New York and did some off, off Broadway or, you know, off, 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 like way in the middle of nowhere stuff. And <laughs> Um, or I did, he was, he was just working and I got into public relations. And then, you know, one of those new year's Eve conversations where you're like, well, what do you want to accomplish next year? What do you want to do with your life? Are you happy? What do you want to do? And I remember saying, you know, what I really want most of all would be to have a job like my theater professor had. That sounds like a great life. And so my theater professor had had a PhD, which you really don't need to teach theater at the college level. And uh, an MFA would be totally fine. It would be, it's another terminal degree. But I thought, oh, well, I guess I just should do what, what he did. And so I got into the PhD track, not really for the reasons I think most people go the PhD track, which is they're like, I really want to research something. <laughs> but, um, but I did enjoy that part of it. So anyway, I wound up getting the PhD and uh, I don't know, I love it. I love being in the classroom and I love working with students. Working with students and directing have so much in common, helping people find their best expression. <laughs> you know, it's, it's similar and it's fun to work with young, beautiful people, um, <laughs> I guess, you know, seeing them grow and blossom into everything that they can do as adults is a uh, is a really rewarding activity. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. What was your research? What research did you do for your PhD? Well, um, so I was pretty early in my grad school experience when 9-11 happened. And I started thinking, I really want to focus on American theater history and what does it mean to be American on stage? How do we represent Americanness? an American identity. So I got interested in some of the, the earliest sort of American character was called the Yankee character. And so I kind of started there and I also have new England roots. And I also, I guess coming to going to school, being a Midwesterner and going to school in the South, I was suddenly called a Yankee. <laughs> and I was like, what? That's not, that's like New York. Right. And then actually that's not what Yankees mean whether it's New England or, or just people who aren't Southerners. And, you know, according to people around the world, Yankees are just all American. So I, anyway, I was, I was interested in that. And looking at the first actor who kind of created that role, it was actually an Englishman. I got it. I get interested in like how English people were representing Americans and how Americans then were like responding to that. So that's what my dissertation wound up being about. 
this one English comedian who was a big, big hot shot star did a couple of plays where he represented both African-Americans and Yankees as complete buffoon idiots. And then two American actors became international stars, sort of responding to that, but with some kind of authenticity as like, we are, we are actually from America or we are telling you what our character really is like. So that's what my research and dissertation was on. Fascinating. Yeah. Being someone who spent a lot of time in the UK myself, I can I can kind of identify with the how are Americans perceived and tracing all the way back to what was put on stage, the kind of the pop culture of the day when we were first emerging as kind of our own culture. So there's there's a lot to explore there, I would imagine. That's fascinating. And what got you into directing? Because you've directed shows both in the college setting and in the community setting. What attracted you to directing? You know, that is a great question. And I'm not sure I really know other than I was always told I was bossy. Um, but, <laughs> you know, the I, I directed a play in high school that a friend of mine wrote. So I started directing early. And I guess you could even say some of that Wizard of Oz stuff was sort of yeah. you know, directing in a way. Yeah. And I remember being drawn to Sawani because I was like, oh, I'll have the opportunity to, to direct there. And I love storytelling and I love making sure that the story is being told clearly. Mm -hmm. I feel like when I watch a production, I get mad if I don't like the directing. So I think it's just a, <laughs> something like, oh, it's just going to make me mad if I'm not directing it or if I don't trust the director. And I think as an actor... <laughs> I would get frustrated when I didn't trust the director. And so at a certain point, I'm like, you know what? I just need to be directing unless I definitely know the director or, or, or trust them. You know, I remember going to auditions in New York and being like, wow, I just took a half day off work and went to this gross seedy place and <laughs> didn't even get to sign up for a time to audition for a play no one's ever heard of and a director I don't know. And I just like, why, why am I pursuing this? <laughs> you know, this is like right. um, so frustrating. And with directing, you have a little more control and maybe that's part of it too, is I, once you get in the, you know, your foot in the door and can start doing it, you, um, you have more control and maybe I'm a control freak. Maybe that's it. <laughs> Do you miss being on stage? I like being on stage occasionally, like off and on. Mm -hmm. It's nice to get on the other side and then release all of the responsibilities of being the director and take on mm -hmm. different challenges. So I love, I love directing more, I think. But yeah, no, last summer I, I acted for Proud Mary in Southern Baptist Sissies and it was, all right. it was really fun. It was really fun. Yeah. I saw that. I remember that now. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I did learn I don't like acting in something I'm directing. I just, it makes me terribly panicked. I can't, I can't. Yeah, it's a lot. I just don't, that's not my thing. I think, yeah, I'm no Kevin Costner or. <laughs> I think it's it's hard with stage shows too. I mean, at least film, you can kind of go back and look at it. And yeah. Stage, stage shows are harder. I mean, not, it's not impossible. There are people that do direct and perform in the same show, but it's a little trickier because it's live and you know you've got to 
kind of navigate perhaps stand-in people or you have to video record it and go back and look at it, it's, it gets complicated because you're not able to look at the live picture. Right. And see what the audience will see yeah. when they come. And yeah, it's just, yeah, it's a challenge. Yeah. And you need someone to tell you, yes, that was good or no, that didn't work. And it's just, it's just, yeah. So I don't like to do both at the same time, but yeah, it's, it's a challenge for sure. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> Well, tell us a little bit about Fun Home. Now, Fun Home is a big, beautiful musical that Proud Mary Theater Company is producing. Yes. And what's this show about and what can audiences expect? Fun Home is based on the, the memoir by Alison Bechtel of looking back at her life and her relationship with her father. And her father was a real a real person. And that's one of the interesting things about this, this show is that you see the very dark side of her father and also the beautiful parts of her father. And she, I, I guess I, I really relate to this because my father also passed uh, shortly after I went to, after I graduated from college. So, you know, roughly the same time period in as when Allison's father died, though my father, this isn't giving anything away. Allison's father in the musical commits suicide. Um, my father did not. But the grappling with your dad and the good and the bad in him, the light and the dark, is a fascinating story. <laughs> and and she's honest and frustrated. And you just, it's a different, I don't think I've ever seen a story on stage quite like it that deals with that particular, I don't know, lens on trying to understand and come to terms with your father who isn't there anymore and and wanting that parental figure to see you for who you are and and say that they see you and never getting that satisfaction that they understood you or saw you fully so anyway that was i think that's generally speaking what the play's about but it's also about very importantly not to minimize this at all about coming out because Allison comes out and discovers that she or realizes that she is a lesbian and that happens while she's in college. And that revelation changes everything in her life. Uh, she's really happy about it and her parents dance around it a little bit or, or don't react quite the way she wants them to. And shortly after that, her father commit suicide. And so there's that question too of like, did I cause this in him? How did this happen? And also being a closeted man, it's, I think the play is also about how her father never came out and how that shaped his life in, in ways that weren't so great. <laughs> yeah. And, and you mentioned this, uh, this was based on a true story. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the source material? Where, who is Allison? Where did this come from? Okay. Yeah. Allison Bechtel is a cartoonist. So she's just been working as a cartoonist and has her own strip and then decided to dig into this story of her father and create a graphic novel memoir of growing up and trying to explore what she knows about her relationship, about who her dad was. So kind of digging back into that life, into their life together and what she knows and what she doesn't know. And so, yeah, that's, that's who Alison Bechtel is. She's also, I first heard of her uh, looking at some uh, feminist theory literature and researching some of that. And I, I came across the Bechtel test, which is often presented with one of her cartoon strips. So she created this cartoon with these two women, like walking down the street. And one of them says to the other one, 
hey, let's go see a movie. And the other woman says, you know, I've got a, I've got some real standards on what I am willing to go see. I only want to see shows that have at least two women in them that talk to each other and that they talk at least sometimes about not guys. And so in the comic strip, the other lady goes, yeah, that's a really high standard. And the other one's like, yeah, I know. Why don't we just go eat popcorn out of your house? Okay. You know, so <laughs> that's the whole comic strip. And it's much better to actually go look it up. I'm sure you can find it online if, um, if your listeners want to know but or want to see it. But it's become sort of a thing that those three things, like are there two women? Do they talk to each other? And do they talk about anything other than a guy? So I think at the heart of the Bechdel test, which she didn't create as a test, but she pointed, I think the point of the whole thing or pointing it out and of the comic was that so often women in media in movies and TV and theater are just there to further the, the man's plot, right? Do they have any character development or, or plot of their own or story of their own that's not just about being in service, in relationship to the male protagonist. And, you know, you look back at so many movies and TV and they fail. They don't, they just, they don't. And it's mm -hmm. not a hard test. It doesn't have to be that the whole thing is like two women talking about not men. It just has to happen once, like for a moment. It's really not a hard Is there bar. one scene? Right? <laughs> right. Uh, so, but yeah, I think it's been, it's been really interesting because I've seen it mentioned on TV shows, you know, that people are aware of it now. And I think TV writers and, and movie writers too, to some degree, but I think even more TV because they put out so many episodes, they're aware of, are we, are we meeting this? Are we creating full female characters that have backstory and identities outside of their relationship to the men in the stories? So, yeah. So I think it's, it's sort of a growing awareness and but even so I, I think a statistic I saw said that like less than 50% of TV and movies would pass this test would have even two women characters <laughs> sad yeah I've heard of that and you know it's funny I I did not make the connection to fun home and you know the creator of fun home until you mentioned that I did but I've heard of Becknell test yeah <laughs> I think a lot of I think a lot of women in our industry probably have heard of it at this point because we are kind of using it as a benchmark to hey you know are we being represented as fully developed individuals <laughs> or not yeah so fascinating so that's that's a really cool connection and I don't think I have I mean I could be missing something but I've never heard of a Broadway show being based on a graphic novel before. So that's a pretty cool right? element. You got to love Oscar Eustace and all he's done at the public theater, right? I mean, he's done some, you know, Hamilton was also okay, but Fun Home <laughs> really is, a, is one of the other amazing things he's yeah. done. There. And we should mention uh, for listeners who don't know, that is where Fun Home was developed at the public theater in New York. So yes. Awesome. And then it went to Broadway and it had amazing success and it won the Tony Award the year that it premiered on Broadway. And it got a gazillion other nominations and awards. And it was even a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize for drama. Yeah. Why do you think this is so important? What was so special about this story? Why, why is it an important piece of theater for our times? So one of the things, one of its many firsts of Fun Home is it was the first Broadway musical to feature a lesbian protagonist. And, you know, looking back at 
I know Broadway theater history isn't everything, but it's it's honestly very influential on what gets produced around the country and the world. We can look back at a whole series of plays and musicals even with uh, gay men, Mm -hmm. not back, you know, super far, you know, in terms of historical standards, but, you know, back to the the 60s and the 70s and the falsettos and angels in America. But, you know, it took until the 2000s for there to be a musical that had a lesbian Mm -hmm. protagonist, you know? Um, So I think that's one of the reasons that it's kind of, well, that it is important. That's what Proud Mary Theater, what's one of the major tenets, as you know, of Proud Mary Theater Company is is to portray, is to put on stage these uh, portrayals of LGBTQ characters. And so that's one of the things that's really fantastic about it. And for the feminists out there as well, they were the first all-female team to win Best Musicals. Mm. They had an all-female writing team. Music by Jeannie Tesori and book and lyrics by Lisa Korn. So that's pretty, <laughs> the fact that we just don't have that many theatrical productions that are, that are all female, that have a female team. It's so underrepresented for being ha- at least half the population. It's pretty wild that we haven't we haven't really had that much representation in the theater. So this is great and and wonderful that they won the Tony and got the recognition for it. Yeah. Well, and you know another thing that's great about this show is it's got some fantastic roles especially for young Allison. So you see it's a memory play and so you see adult Allison about the same age as when her father died, so in her 40s. And then she's looking back at when she was a kid, so around 10 years old, and also when she was in college. So we have three different actresses playing Allison, and that's a lot of fun. So it's a family play. You see these generations interacting. You see, for me, it's a little bit nostalgic because I'm about the same age as Allison. And so looking back at like stuff from the 70s that she would have that she talks about or that she you see that's sort of fun but the fact that there's this great role for like someone to play a 10 year old girl I feel like it's like the new Annie right if you're a young girl and you want to star in a musical you want to be in fun home and we have this amazing actress as our young Allison Eve Bagelman and she's got this amazing voice she's so strong she's a great actress too. I just can't wait to share her with the audience. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit more about your production. Who else is in it? What else is going on with, with your production in particular? Sure. So Eve Bagelman is young Allison. And then this was really lucky. And for all of us, I think that her little brother is also a powerful singer and is playing Allison's little brother. The actor's name is Josh Bagelman and he's playing John Bechtel. He's fantastic. The Bagelmans just moved to the area from New York City, and they both have been in a lot of productions up there. But I think Josh's resume is perhaps even is the most impressive of all of us, and he's the youngest person involved in the whole production. (laughs) He's been on SNL two times. Oh, my goodness. And he was on Madam Secretary. 
the TV show. Okay. So anyway, he's fantastic. And then, yeah, we have Boyd Galloway has the really amazing and challenging role of playing Bruce Bechtel, the dad in the show. And he is, he's one of those men who has this beautiful voice, but he's going to these dark places and these confused places is something that he is, is handling really well, mm. though it is really challenging. It's one, I think it's got to be one of the most difficult roles to play someone with so much darkness. And, but you still like him on some level, you know, like, I feel like if I met Bruce on the street, I'd be like, oh, he's fascinating. He's interesting. He has, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard. And, and it's, I think that's one of the hard things about all humans, right? Is that we have light and dark. We, we have mm-hmm. our good moments and our horrible moments. So yeah, uh, Boyd is wonderful. And uh, who else do we have? Our adult Allison, Samantha Eiler, is also our costumer. And she's quite a talented costumer and she's putting together some real fun. There's a, some real fun costumes, especially for this one number in the show called Raincoat of Love, which is sort of a Partridge family style number, <laughs> which is, I guess, something else I really relate to. I remember watching the Brady Bunch as a kid and thinking, I'm going to figure, I'm going to watch this and figure out how to make everything resolve so happily because that never happens in my life. <laughs> and I was like trying to find no. <laughs> life lessons in these shows where the family got along so well. And kind of a similar thing happens. Eve is watching, you know, a Partridge family style show and her parents start fighting and she has this fantasy where her whole family comes together and sings and dances like the Partridge family. So that's a, a great number in the show. And the costumes are real fun and flared and frilly. <laughs> uh, so Yeah. And we have a really talented actor, Noah Fitzer, who plays uh, the other sibling, the older sibling of, of young Allison. And so they have some, some fun numbers, all three of the kids together. Noah's just amazing. Yeah. And tell us about the music a little bit, because I think you have a live band. Don't we you? have an amazing music director, and we will have a, a live band. Our music director, Janice Isa Wright, she has been whipping them into shape. And we're going to have, gosh, I think it's a five-piece band. There'll be some percussion. There'll be cello. There'll be violin, viola, and a piano. And there's probably something else I'm forgetting. And I'm so excited. It's such a lush, beautiful score. And we one of the reasons we thought we could handle it is that we could, it's a smallish style musical. So it's only a smaller orchestra. It's not like Hello, Dolly, where they have 30 people. Down there. Right. <laughs> All of our actors, singers are so strong. We are doing this without microphones. They don't need them. They are all belters. They can get it out there. And it's a small enough space that we don't really need that too. So it's just going to be such a beautiful experience. I think a really intimate and the music is just beautiful. It There's music throughout the whole show. It underscores a lot of the the talking parts as well. There's this one heartbreaking song that the mother played by Kelly Davis, I haven't mentioned her yet, sings called Days and Days, where she looks back at how disappointed she is with her marriage, you know, knowing that her husband has had all these affairs with men throughout their their marriage and how she's wasted a big chunk of her life. And it's, ugh, it's heartbreaking and she's just amazing she's got so much power in that song 
Um, but some of the, like I said, some of the songs are very fun and silly. Like there's a cute commercial that the, the three kids put on there and I can totally this this again I feel like I could I would have been good friends with young Allison (laughs) her dad runs a funeral home so the Bechtels run a funeral home and that's where they they get the name fun home from that that's what just what the family calls it the fun home instead of the funeral home and so the kids decide they're going to make a commercial for the fun home and they decide to do it in the style of a Jackson five song. And oh, yeah. so it's adorable. And so they're there. We get to see one of the big songs in the show is them performing their commercial for us while they're you know recording it. And it's, it's a hoot, but uh, yeah. So the, the music goes from comedy to heartbreak to everything in between. <laughs> it sounds amazing. It sounds like such a, it sounds like a very interesting show. It sounds both entertaining and engaging and deep. It is. You know, so I went and saw, I, this is a bit of a tangent, but I went and saw Hello Dolly last night uh-huh. and it is a well-oiled machine. And there's there's something I, I totally appreciate about that. But also like nothing happens. No, no real deep thoughts seem to happen. <laughs> it's mostly very silly and then there's a lot of dancing and the dancing is amazing but um i i find i love to do work that that engages our minds on 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 some mm-hmm. level and one of the reasons i love this show and i love working with proud mary is it's proud mary theater company is that we are doing work that i think is important and not it it's usually funny and excellent quality but it's also it'll make you think and make you live deeper you know and that's not what we want all mm-hmm. art to do make us feel deeply and think deeply and this is the show that does all that <laughs> which is probably why i got so much attention and won a big tony award right right <laughs> awesome well, i cannot wait to see this tell us where and when can we see the show Absolutely. Okay. The show will be performed at the West Main Artists Co-op here in Spartanburg. We open Friday, June 7th, and we run through Sunday, June 16th. So we have two Sunday matinees. The Sunday shows are three o'clock matinees, and the weekend shows are at eight o'clock. And there is one intermission. And we will have wine available uh, and other beverages as well. And I hope so many people come and see this show because it's going to knock their socks off. (laughs) I think so. And it's part of the, it's going to be part of the Fringe Festival that's happening at the West Main Artist Co-op Artist. Yes. So that's happening all month long for the two weeks that Fun Home is running. We're sort of the anchor, the, the big, the marquee event, I guess. Right that that lasts the longest and but yeah there's lots of other really cool stuff happening at the fringe festival yeah we just had a conversation with sandy about that so it is something to look for but this is definitely a big feature and everybody needs to come see this yes i'm really looking forward to seeing the show kate thank you so much for joining us today and for telling us all about fun home thank you melanie this was really fun my heart saying hi in this whole luncheon net why am i the only one who sees your beauty
No. I mean... Handsome! was really interesting nice to get to know Kate I know I, I met her briefly um, a few weeks back so but I haven't had a real chance to to sit down and talk to her so it's always wonderful to catch up with her background a little bit and then also you know just probe her with some questions you did a fine job there Melanie so that we could get to know her a little bit better yeah it's and it's good to know know more about fun home and the show and what we can expect yeah absolutely sounds like she's really enjoyed working on this project oh yeah for sure i think we can expect great things from the show i'm looking forward to seeing it yeah and it's part of the spartanburg fringe festival as far as it's happening it's being performed while the festival is kind of going on i guess remember when we spoke to sandy about this and and so it's kind of neat that it's kind of during that whole time when all these other activities are being planned as part of the festival that you can take an evening out and, and catch the show and, and then maybe come back the next night and, and catch some other form of art happening as part of the Fringe Festival. Yeah, they've got all kinds of things going on at the festival. And this is one of the main events yes. that will be featured at the festival. It's cool. It's very good. And I do think it's important to let people know, because Proud Mary Theatre Company, traditionally, it does shows in Spartanburg and Greenville, Uh but this one will not be traveling to Greenville because it's just too big with the band and all the bits and pieces that come with a musical. Yeah, It's a little too complicated, so they're only doing it in Spartanburg. So Greenville, you'll have to come over to Spartanburg to see this one, I'm afraid. That's right. That's right. But it'll be worth it, I'm sure. Yeah, I think so, too. So, Bruce, why don't you tell us about the show information? Absolutely. So, as you mentioned, Proud Mary Theatre Company will present the Tony Award-winning musical Fun Home. It runs June 7th through the 16th at the West Main Artists Cooperative. That's at 578 West Main Street in Spartanburg. Shows are Fridays through Saturdays at 8 p.m. and Sundays at 3 p.m. with one Thursday show, June 13th, also at 8 p.m. Tickets range from $15 to $25. For more information or to purchase tickets, visit ProudMaryTheater.com. And that's ProudMaryTheater, theater spelled R-E, dot com. You can also find Proud Mary Theater Company on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash Proud Mary Theater Company. Yeah, you can get all your information there. Like, I, I really like the Facebook pages because that's a great way to just follow what's going on and stay updated. Oh, absolutely. People are spending time in Facebook anyway, so it's kind of nice to kind of be in the, that platform and just be able to pull that information up. And it seems like things are kept up to date a whole lot more on Facebook as well because, again, you're in there so much, you know? Right. It's very instant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, that, of course, is coming up, and we'll we'll mention that again as we go through the show listings, but there's a ton of stuff, as usual, going on in the upstate this weekend. Mm-hmm. Let's tell them about it. You got it. Another vote in another show in Philly, Boston, or Baltimore.
So now playing in the upstate of South Carolina for the week of June 2nd, 2019, we have opening. Greenwood Little Theater opens Ragtime on Thursday, June 6th and runs through Sunday, June 9th. The Abbeville Opera House opens a stage of play version of the TV show MASH on Friday, June 7th and runs Fridays through Sundays through June 22nd. Electric City Playhouse in Anderson opens The Musical of Musicals on Friday, June 7th and runs Fridays through Sundays through June 16th. Proud Mary Theatre Company again opens Fun Home on Friday, June 7th and runs Thursdays through Sundays through June 16th. And the Proud Mary production is presented only in Spartanburg for this particular production. The Warehouse Theatre in Greenville opens Pride and Prejudice on Friday, June 7th and runs on various days through June 29th. And here's a last-minute addition to our show openings. Scrappy Shakespeare in Spartanburg opens Much Ado About Nothing on Thursday, June 6th, and it runs on various days and at various locations through June 30th. Admission is always free for Scrappy Shakespeare. Check out their show schedule at their website, scrappyshakespeare.com, or on their Facebook page, facebook.com slash scrappy shakes and continuing greenville theater continues catch me if you can on thursday june 6th and runs thursdays through sundays through june 23rd foothills playhouse and easley continues willy wonka on thursday june 6th and runs thursdays through sundays through june 16th the warehouse theater's upstate shakespeare festival continues romeo and juliet in greenville's falls park on thursday june 6th and runs Thursdays through Sundays through June 16th, and this is free admission with a 7 p.m. start time. Milltown Players and Pelzer continues First Baptist of Ivy Gap on Thursday, June 6th, and runs through Sunday, June 9th. Greenville's Cafe and Then Sums Nightmare on Main Street continues Wednesday, June 5th, and runs Wednesdays through Saturdays through August 3rd. And Alchemy Comedy Theater offers a variety of improv and sketch shows at various times and on various days at Coffee Underground in Greenville. Check the individual theater's websites for more details. Well, there you have it. Kicking off the summer. Oh, there's, not, there's no lack of things to do around here. That's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's, it's, it's packed. And yeah, I'm, I'm continually blown away every time we read through this list. <laughs> I know. I know. Hear you. And this is kind of the slow time. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Ain't nothing slow about it. There's a no. ton of stuff going on. That's Crazy. for sure. I mean, so many of the things I want to get to, and I just know I can't fit it all in, you know? No, but you have to be selective. You sure do. You sure do. Then follow. Hello there, theater people. We hope you are enjoying spending time in the green room. Want to stay updated? Like and follow Thespis in the Green Room on social media. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ThespisG. That's at sign ThespisG, T-H-E-S-P-I-S-G. Want to support Thespis in the Green Room? If you like what you're hearing and want to encourage us to continue conversations in the Green Room, you can become a patron of the show. Visit our Patreon page. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Thespis G. And donate today. No amount is too small and every little bit helps. Patrons will receive special content and audio extras through our Patreon page. 
Check it out at patreon.com slash thespisg. Good night and thank you, whoever. We are grateful you found her a spot on the sound radio. We'll think of you every time. Special thanks to Dick Stevens of Stevens Magic and Fun. He can be found on Facebook at Stevens Magic and Fun. Thespis would like to extend a big thank you to our fellow podcasters, Teddy and the Baseman, for their help and guidance. Listeners can find Teddy and the Baseman at teddyandthebaseman.podbean.com or through podcast players, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Thespis in the Green Room is a Courageous Crossings production. Music used in this podcast is licensed by ASCAP and BMI. What comes next? You've been free. Well, that looks like it's all from that's all from the green room. It is, yeah. That well, and that's that's a lot to to chew on. Yes, so it is. We're good. <laughs> Absolutely. So until next time, we shall see you at the theater. All righty. All right. See y'all. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.